Everyone online focuses on all the great things that can come about by buying the right property, including myself. On this channel, I talk more about the positive side of investing rather than the negative side. Now, what I wanna do in this video is cover off some risks that you may incur when you're going ahead and purchasing property for yourself. If you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name is Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now it's all well and good if you go ahead and purchase a property and you know, we all believe in Australia, property always goes up. So you go ahead and you purchase something and it does well. You think you're a genius and then you just repeat again, maybe five or six more times and you get to financial freedom. Problem is that sometimes it goes the wrong way. And what I mean by that is in the short term, you could find yourself having bought a property that went the other way. It didn't actually grow and and it actually went and lost value. Now, if you've been investing for a while, you've probably seen ebbs and flows in the market already. I remember in 2016 or 17, I had purchased a property and immediately I found that the value wasn't stacking up. Now, yes, granted, I know a lot more now than I did back then, so I wouldn't have purchased it, but time in the market could potentially help you out with a dud investment. However, I've had numerous conversations with people that bought properties, say 10 years ago, and although their property has gone up in value, when you compare that to how much inflation has actually been playing a part, you're gonna find that it actually makes no sense sense to have held that property. Now more recently, towards the end of 2021 and the start of 2022, before the rate increases had started, I came out on this channel and said, look, maybe Sydney and Melbourne are getting a bit toppy. It feels too euphoric. Everyone wants to go and buy something that looks like dog shit. And as a result, we've seen prices actually decline in most Sydney and Melbourne markets. Now things are starting to turn around. And of course the interest rates played a bigger role in those more expensive markets. But for a lot of people that went and bought their first property. And, and yes, you know, Philip Lowe did come out and say, maybe rates aren't going up till 2024. That's a whole different story. For a lot of first home buyers, they did end up going and purchasing property. And let's say they put a 5% deposit down. If the market dropped, and on average, it actually did drop by about 11%. In that scenario, not only is your property now worth less than what you paid for, it's actually worth less than your actual loan, which is called negative equity territory. And this is really bad. You do not want to be in this position because if something around in your life changes where you have to sell the property, guess what? You'll not only sell the property at a loss, you pay all the commissions and everything else, but you'll also, you still wouldn't have paid off your entire loan that you originally took out. So it's not a good place to be. So let's dive into five risks that you have present right now in today's market for when you're going out and buying property. Now, again, if you're unsure about how to navigate this market and this is the first time you're buying or you've bought property before, but you don't want to risk it because you know, you know deep inside, you just fluked it. Then if you want to rely on data-driven results, then definitely contact us. We run a buyer's agency. We can help you sort out everything from purchasing the property, negotiating, locating, and helping you find the right tenants to. So if you're interested, there's a link in the description below. Number one is market volatility. What I mean by market volatility is yes, you can go out and purchase the right property in the right location, but unfortunately the market's decided to do something else. Now we've seen a clear example of this where you've had interest rates starting to increase out of nowhere at the fastest pace ever. And what that meant was every time we saw increases, we saw people's borrowing capacity decrease and that meant less buyers. Now, depending on which markets you were buying in, you could have bought a property in an area where let's say there's five buyers for every three properties, you still have more demand than supply. But if you suddenly have those five buyers go down to maybe two because the interest rates have gone up and the supply of properties has gone from three to five, suddenly you have an oversupply. And this means that you have choice as a buyer. And that generally means that the prices start falling as well. That's what we've pretty much seen in summary over the last 12 months in somewhere like Sydney. Now, again, I generalize because that's generally how the media portrays it. It's just one entire market. But within that one market, there are numerous suburbs that have actually gone up, others that have just been flat 
right and others that have actually gone down. Now you're most likely never gonna get this right 100% of the time because you've gone out there and you've done the research to go, okay, I found the right street, the right property, I know what's in demand. But if you suddenly have an unforeseen situation arise where interest rates are going up or things are going crazy in the economy, then you're probably gonna feel short-term pain. But if you're gonna not go out there and buy property based on the fact that, oh, maybe interest rates will go up or maybe interest rates will go down, and does that even affect the suburb I'm actually in? This is all coming down to data, coming down to actually going out there, having chats with people, agents, property managers, pest and build inspectors, just gaining as much information before you make that decision for yourself. This is why I say that if you're going into a new market, you've got to plan yourself out to go, I can't actually buy anything for the next three or six months because I'm going to dedicate myself to learn this market. If you're not spending that time, well then forget about what you think the market value is. An agent's going to come talk dirty to you and then sell you a property way above what the actual market rate is. Number two is property damage and maintenance. Now, yes, you've heard the horror stories, probably been on current affair where, oh my God, my tenant just destroyed my property. And those people that go out on these shows are most likely the ones that actually haven't insured their property. If you don't have property insurance, you definitely need it. And I'll link my insurance broker in the description below. They'll basically be able to find the right insurance product for you for your property. I don't have any properties and I would never recommend someone going and buying an investment property without proper insurance. But when it comes to property damage, it could be malicious damage or it could be more so with maintenance. So let's say for instance, an air conditioner stopped working and that was unforeseen. Now you've got to pay for that. Now the truth is the likelihood of this happening is very low. And the chance of you having to replace the same air conditioner like five times in five years, because that's basically how it's portrayed online, is that's not very likely. So for someone like myself, who's been investing for about nine years, have more than a dozen properties, I can tell you that maintenance isn't that bad. If you purchase the right property in the beginning, you're going to have a lot less maintenance moving forward. Number three are tenant issues. Now this is a lot less of a problem now, given that there's a tight rental market. You as a landlord have the choice. So if you own the asset, you get to choose who you're going to give out that property to with your property manager as well. But if you're in an area where vacancy rates aren't that low and there's no rental crisis in that area, then you're not going to have the choice, especially if your property is not actually desirable. Maybe it's out of date. Maybe it's something that's in the middle of nowhere, or maybe you got sold some off the plan bullshit that promised you that a lot of people were going to come to this area and then suddenly they didn't rock up. Then you'd have to drop your rents. Let's say you have an area that has too much of a supply when it comes to the demand of people wanting to rent the place. It's the same argument that plays out, which is either you reduce your rents or you just leave it there vacant. Now with tenants, if you find the right one, you keep them for a long time, it's fantastic. They treat it like their own home and I've got tenants in my properties that have actually been in the property longer than I've actually owned it. So if I've owned something for like nine or 10 years, one of my first properties I bought, which is about nine years ago, has tenants in there that were there for like four years before I even bought it. Now, of course, in that case, you would love for them to stay because they take care of the property. It's a win-win situation and you don't increase your rents as fast as maybe if you did, if you went into the market. Now you may have the occasional tenant issues with it being vacant or more so if they're not paying their rent. Again, this is why you need insurance in place and a good property manager. My two non-negotiables is insurance and property management. If you're saying that, well, it's close by, I'll do it myself. That's not a scalable mentality. You're thinking about how do I manage two properties? But in reality, if I get to pay $1,500 or $2,000 a year for someone to manage my property and I've got no headache around it, guess what? I can go from two properties to six properties. And yes, you've got to know what your borrowing capacity looks like, but I'm talking about how much time it takes to manage one property versus managing six. Number four is financing risk. Now, the issue you could find yourself in is with interest rates going up is that maybe you can no longer make your repayments. And that is a real problem, especially in 2023. Now, we're not there yet, but we could find a lot of people going off fixed loans, mortgage cliff coming and everything's going to be ruined. People might be in a position where they have to offload their property. Now, this is what financing risk is. If you go in and buy a property and you lied to your mortgage broker saying, I don't actually spend that much on Uber Eats, but in fact you did, then 
now you're gonna find yourself having a shortfall in cash flow, and then that's gonna to lead to you actually having to force sell. And this is why it's important you have the right people around you guiding you to purchase the right assets, but also not overstretching yourself when it comes to your budget. Now, before I jump into the fifth risk when it comes to buying property, definitely just smash that like button. It's a good way to support the channel. It gets the voice out to more people, and we really need that in 2023. Number five is regulatory or legal risk. What I mean by this is that you could have politicians or premiers come in and say, oh, there's gonna be rental caps, or there's gonna be rental freezes, or there's gonna be things like, well, we're gonna change the rules when it comes to how you're gonna be paying land tax. Everything I just referred to is pretty much referring to the guys that run the Queensland stake. Cause yeah, I'm not sure how many sharp tools they have in the shed there. See what I'm saying there? The reality of those things working, if you look back in the history, it doesn't actually work and is not productive for the economy. But there is a real risk with it because if you had gone ahead and you purchased a property in that state, you might suddenly have this new law that comes in place and it says you can't do this or you're gonna get charged extra tax and things like that. That is a risk that you take when you're buying property. Again, this is why research comes into play. And if you can go ahead and diversify your risk, purchase in different areas, that means that you're not just concentrating all of your risk in one state. Because if one state goes down, at least you go, well, I can offload one property if I really need to and if it really affects me. But if you're getting around that whole land tax issue and the one that I'm referring to is in Queensland, then you still would be able to work things around and have different structures in place as well. This video is not here to go and scare you into not buying property. The chance of you making money in real estate in Australia is a lot higher than you saving the money in your bank, especially with inflation being so high. I've got so many videos on this channel explaining and educating you around the benefits of being in the right assets at the right time. So definitely go and subscribe to the channel. Go and check out all the videos. I've got white videos on this channel and a playlist. So I'll link that up here. Definitely go check it out. You'll enjoy it, especially if you're a nerd like me. If you guys have enjoyed this one, smash that like button, subscribe, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.